So if, if free is in your vocabulary and you don't seem to be able to get out of the cycle of it, here's one thing that's going to change your life. When you do something for free, i.e. you're not receiving any money, but you're providing a service, even if it's for, for mates, okay, send them an invoice for the full amount with a 100% discount. Now this serves two purposes. It means the person who's receiving the stuff that isn't being paid for actually sees visually how much value they are getting. Today's show is sponsored by winthehourwintheday.com, where we help you, the entrepreneur, stop working so hard. Check us out, winthehourwintheday.com. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Before we dive into the show, let me ask you this. Does this sound like you? Your passion projects are always on the back burner. Every day you see someone online doing what you want to do and you're just so frustrated because you can't get to the real work and you work more hours than you care to admit and you're always putting out fires in your business. Well, listen, then you want to check out our winner circle. It is just the answer for really, frankly, increasing your profits and crushing your demanding schedule. So check out our winner's circle. We've just added a whole bunch of free bonuses that I guarantee you will love. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. And I am your host and your host, Chris Ward. I forgot my name. I know I forgot my name because we have Christine Nicholson in the house. So we've got two Chris's here and we are excited to dive in with Christine because she's going to talk to us about five ways you're choking your profits and how you can fix them today. Hmm. That sounds interesting. So let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Christine. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I, I love your podcast. Uh, and I oh. love the energy. So um, yeah, I'm really pleased to be on here. Well, what I tell everyone is flattery will get flattery will get you everywhere. everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so we're off to a great start. Okay. So five things that are choking your profits and how you can fix them today. All right. The first one we're going to start with is, and this always confuses and scares people, but it's not charging enough. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, in accounting language, it's poor margins, but actually you hit the nail right on the head in layman's language is put your prices up. Okay. Now, of course, so many people as entrepreneurs, you have these little dark moments by yourself and you know what we do, Christine, we're all about your business should support your life instead of consuming it. And my clients all work too hard. And so what happens is they're all at this point where they're making money, but they're still working too many hours compared to where they thought they'd be at this point in the journey. And when you say raising prices, the first instinct everyone has, I think, is, oh my gosh, well, if I raise my price, I'm already, now I have to work harder to get more business and I'm already working too hard. Yeah. So I'd like to just turn that completely on its head 
And uh, let's say you're a personal trainer charging $50 an hour and you're fully booked and you okay. can't literally can't work another hour. Okay. If you put your prices up, actually, if you doubled your price, you can afford to lose half your clients. You're now only working half the hours, earning exactly the same amount of money. And funnily enough, it's actually easier to get. It sounds crazy. So I'm going to probably say it twice. It's easier to get higher paying clients than it is to get lower paying clients. If you understand your own value, if you knew your own value, you would never discount and you would charge a fair rate for the value that you're adding. Okay. Now, if you're going to throw math and logic into this conversation, you're going to outwit me really a lot because <laughs> math is not, I have an empty spot in my head where math should be and like, you know, leaves blow around and stuff like an open window. But that was a really clear example like that that just totally that gave me a whole new perspective now okay so you're right because then you'd have the same amount of money and you'd be working less hours especially and you gave a really good example because if you're a personal trainer they really are trading time for money and, and they really are limited to the calendar so it's not this foolishness that we sometimes buy into as entrepreneurs where you can outrun the clock right yeah. okay so yeah. that is a really great example um okay so now at what point, when do you know you should be putting your prices up? Well, a lot of people go, oh, if I, if I put my prices up, you know, I'll lose my existing customers. So one of the things I say is, how about only accepting a, a new client, because they don't know how much everyone's pay, pay, being paid. You only accept a new client at at least equal to your highest paying client or equivalent. Mm. Because then what you can do is you can drop the bottom client. So let's say you've only got capacity for 10 clients. And this happens to me, you know, I've got limited capacity for clients. So, so you only take on a new client that's on a, a higher rate, and then you drop the bottom one off. And then actually, mm. if you take that as an annual discipline to look at all your clients and then say, hmm, if I took off the bottom 15% or 10%, however many it is, I just took those off and sent them somewhere else where somebody else would be really happy to mm. service their needs for that price. It gives me space to go and get these higher clients. And if you've got the space to let something in, voila, it, it, you know, I hate to get woo-woo because I am the least woo-woo person. But if you've got space to let someone in, you can actually go and find somebody who's going to come in at higher price. And I guarantee you, your highest paying customers are going to be the least aggro, mm. they're going to be the easiest to please, and they're going to be easier for you to please because you've got the money to keep them happy. Your lowest paying clients that are just there on price, always going to be at you for something, you're going to spend more of your time dealing with them. Um, and they are, ultimately, they're going to make you miserable. Yeah, these are really valid points. I feel like I'm um like a Sesame street for business. Like, okay, boys and girls so get in a circle. And we're going to explain this to you. It's very, cause we all overthink it over complicated yeah. over math it. And these are really clear, powerful examples. And you're so right, Christine. Cause I know, of course, I, I would assume I'm not the only one, but when I started out in business, you know, 12 plus years ago, and you know, if somebody, oh my heavens, I don't know where, where your brain, my brain was, but if somebody was sort of hesitant and then you kind of convinced them to kind of come on board and you gave them a discount. And, and at the end of the day, it was just a hot mess. You did way more work for them than the, and, and then you would, I mean, it took me a couple of years to catch on to this, but all of 
a sudden you'd have that client that you loved and was no problem at all paying well. And you're like, you know, dancing, like, you know, as fast as you can for this other person, you can never satisfy and they weren't paying half the price, but somehow in my mind, it's like, Oh, I got to convince them. Like, you know, they'll see my value or whatever. So I gave that up a long time ago, but you are absolutely right. The higher paying clients are, they're no, like, they know their stuff. They're no, they're not messing. They don't, they don't have time to mess around there, I guess. Cause they're out doing their business so they can afford to pay you. So they're not, they don't have the energy to Mickey mouse around. And if I can, some of your listeners, maybe even early in their journey, or maybe they've actually been in this journey for quite a long time and they're still effectively pro bonoing their life away. So here's a tip for anybody who does free stuff. Okay. So if, if free is in your vocabulary and you don't seem to be able to get out of the cycle of it, here's one thing that's going to change your life. When you do something for free, i.e. you're not receiving any money, but you're providing a service, even if it's for, for mates, okay, send them an invoice for the full amount with a 100% discount. Now this serves two purposes. It means the person who's receiving the stuff that isn't being paid for actually sees visually how much value they are getting. And it sticks in the brain. It sticks in the brain that they are being gifted this value. Now, the second thing, and this is the most important thing, you see it and it sticks in your brain. So now you are consciously giving to charity. Because mm. free mm. stuff is charity. You are consciously giving that value and that time to charity. So now you can start thinking, hmm, is that a charity I want to give to? And you might find maybe not. Okay. This is just value bombs all over the place. Okay. All right. So first of all, you said a couple of really wise things. I thought it was very profound when you said, if you're pro bonoing your life, hello, that, that should sober you up really quickly. And I know in the beginning where I did give away free stuff and I'll tell you then I think I did a poor job of articulating that. Like I would want them to know, but if you don't say that right, it sounds like um, either you're complaining or like you're looking to be thanked or it doesn't come off as businessy. Like you're trying to get the acknowledgement, like just so you know, this is how much people usually pay me for. So what is it they're supposed to say? Like it just doesn't pan out. So that invoice is a much more professional clear communicative way of addressing that and moving forward. Also, mm. it made me think, Christine. So like in our case, the winner circle, there's things I throw in there that are absolute bonuses. It's it's a program I have, the winner circle. It's a it's new. I guarantee you guys would love it. it really um, just as another entry level to serve people so that they have a business that supports their life instead of consuming it. But when I give those bonuses or in private coaching, I guess I could send an invoice for the bonus. Could I do that? Oh my God. Well, what you did with me the other day, like, you know, that advert for MasterCard, you know, buy this, you know, it's hundred dollars and buy this a thousand dollars. And, you know, the warm fuzzy feeling that you all get from giving those yeah. gifts priceless. Well, well, what you gave me was priceless. <laughs> And, and I'm so, sat there thinking, yeah, this is like, I've, I've just had huge value here because this is actually going to change my future. It made me change the way I think about myself. Well, aren't you generous? So the gig is up. Uh, Christine is actually a client of mine. And I wouldn't have mentioned that because I, I just would want you to have your own spotlight not connected to me thinking you're showing up, you're doing a jam because she really is 
um, quite uh, a professional in her own right and does amazing work. So I wouldn't have thrown that in, but thank you for your kind words. And you're right. That was something she's talking. We have super toolkits and, and, and then that's how you sort of accelerate anything you want to do in your business. And one of the super toolkits we have been working on, cause we make them for our own business. And I had spent thousands and thousands of dollars on different courses, put something together, made a super toolkit out of it. And really it's like a good seven years in the making. And probably I would say it's, I, I spent about $10,000 creating it. And I had given it to Christine as a bonus in one of her private coaching things. So you're right. Now, so, so now that you've talked about that, would that, would I give that at the end of the month? Like, how would that come off where it looks like, I like it without it? I don't know. Like, I wanted to make sure it doesn't look like I'm looking for something or there's a negative tone to it. Like, how do you roll that out? Okay. So, um, with me, me particularly, okay. and, um, I, I mean, we, I get invoiced every month. I would just yeah. put that on the invoice, you know, just oh. it's on the monthly invoice. You just stick it on the monthly invoice and just to remind okay. me that that's the value I've had and okay. you put the hundred percent discount at it. And, uh, and so I'm paying my fee and then I'm re- remembering. Um, I mean, not that I'm going to forget that in a hurry because that's like highly <laughs> impactful, but you might find some of your clients and, and some of your listeners here, that you're always going to find a client that it doesn't matter what you do. That, sorry, you're using really bad English here, but it doesn't matter what you do. It's never that you know you're never going to feel like you're serving them to their expectation because their expectations are unreasonable. It's you know there's we're just human beings. Some people are just not grateful, and they think, well, I'm paying you money, therefore I just expect everything. And, um, and that, that, well, one, I don't have those clients because I don't have those clients either. I got people like you, but I think what you're saying though, is really super important is that I don't want to be in a position to have to tell you all the time. Like, do you understand this is like a $10,000 thing you got and more than the money that you just saved is it would have taken you years to figure this out yourself. So that's even more money. Right. So I think putting, excuse me, putting it in an invoice, oh, is like, is so, oh my gosh, that's spectacular. Okay. That's a great idea. So not charging enough. Okay. So what would you, where would we go with the second point? Is it addressing, I know we talked about margins. You, you steer the ship, you know what you're doing. Where should we go next? (laughs) So, so the next two really are, um, are kind of linked to the next one. So, so there's kind of three here that are very, very linked. So the first one is not having systems. Well, this is something, you know, that what, I mean, I've always had systems, but now I'm making those systems really, really efficient. And, and you know, my work with you, it, it, like I say, it's life-changing. But part of that, part of not having a system usually comes out of not having a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, and it doesn't have to be complicated, like planning is really simple. Um, but having a plan that you then articulate to the people who are doing the work. And if you, even if you're on your own and you start to employ people, if you don't have systems, then actually you're not getting the best out of the people. So you're kind of losing all of that and and the third part of that triangle is being too reliant on you as the business owner and the minute that you you even if you start employing staff if you've got a stranglehold on on all of the decision making because you haven't got a plan that you've shared with anybody and it's still up in your head and you haven't shared how you want things done those three things together they I mean it literally it's the perfect storm 
Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, it, and it, it devalues, like it reduces your profits, it reduces your capital value, it increases your stress, it increases the stress of your team, which means that you're more likely to be recruiting more often, which increases the cost, which would reduce the profit. And it's like, the, uh, it's a vicious, it's literally a vicious circle, but in, in I always call it the vicious triangle because it's the three, the three things. Yeah. You bring up some really good points that, oh my gosh, I'm all about that. You know, I'm all about systems and super toolkits and a team. And of course, when you say plan, sometimes people overthink that and they think like, okay, they'll make this big, you know, some, my quarter plan, my full year plan. I'm like, well, that's nothing until it's implemented. Like, I don't do that. It's like, oh, I'm going to make all this, whatever goals in the next four months. Well, how are you going to do it? But I do come back to my team when we have our little scrums, like I may have read a book on the weekend or I'm taking a training thing on Thursday or whatever. And so for a quick example is recently I'd come to my team and said, okay, we've been writing blogs off and on for years, but I need a much more deeper dive, a much more deeper understanding articulation of, you know, uh, SEO stuff. We're going to pay for a higher package than SEMrush. We're going to dive deeper into this. Here's what I want. And so I sent you know, uh, more off to learn a little bit more about this and say, okay, great. So I told her, here's the goal I want. I don't know how to get it. I'm not going to be the one to do it, but here's we, what I need to know that we're doing things more purposeful with keywords. So then we had a little training with SEMrush. And I, the, the fantastic part of this story is there's me and Maura and this guy at SEMrush. I look like you know, when a child's in the room and there's two adults talking, you try not to interrupt them. I was like, okay, this is spectacular. I think they understand each other. I don't know what's going on, but they do. And they're going to take me to where I want to be. And I'm not the chokehold here. I don't need to know all this. I needed to know what the next thing for the business is. And we do so great on referrals and networking and stuff, but we need to have, you know, more online traffic because I really I, my, you, you people out there know who you are, but you're, you're working, you're going the, the last one to go to bed and the first one to get up and you're just, nobody knows, no one person knows how hard you work. So how do I reach you? So I'm going to be doing that through different campaigns, understanding keywords, but that's exactly it because my team, I always, up, oh my gosh, I read this book. Okay. Here's what I, or fantastic things I learned on this show. I will say to say, okay, we, we have a, a what we call an actionable item thing. If I, after I listen to this show and I go, oh, we really got to implement that person. I really just got free coaching for a half hour. I meet with my team and say, this is what I learned. Actionable items, go listen to the show. This is what happened. This is what we're going to do. So you're right. Not being a chokehold. Okay. That's fantastic. Now, oh my gosh, time is whipping by here with you. It's it's so enjoyable. All right, so where should we go next? So the last thing on my five things, because uh, uh, anything more than five people aren't going to take in anyway. But this fifth right. one, this fifth one is a bit of a diamond. So as the business owner, you have three tasks. Okay, three tasks and three tasks only: getting and keeping customers, staying legal and making getting and keeping customers or staying legal more efficient. Okay. 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 So what I always say to people is you only need to do this for a few days, maybe a week at the most, but literally make a note of all the things that you are doing, either planning to do, or you have done. It's, it's great to do a review, but it's good to do it going forward. And look at all the things that aren't on that task list of three. And then ask yourself, why the hell are you doing it? So excuse mm. my language. <laughs> why, on earth are, why on earth are you doing it? And because it, it doesn't that, sound that, like cursing with your English chirp, so you're fine. 
<laughs> Actually, that's the, the mildest expletive I know. Yes. I work with engineers, so yeah. I check myself often. Um, yeah. But yeah, so once you once you ask yourself if, if it's not one of those three things, and so what what purpose is this other task serving you? Okay. Yeah. And it mostly isn't. It usually comes under the category, well, I've always done that. Or, mm. hmm, well, I, 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 everybody else does it, so therefore I have to do it. And often with my business owners, I can get them, forget their teams, I can get them to get about 25% of their time back by literally stopping doing some of the rubbish that adds no value to their business whatsoever. And then they get clarity on the stuff that they're not doing that they don't have time for. And the reason why they're not doing it and don't have time for it is because they fill up the gaps with stuff that they don't need to do because the stuff that they do need to do is hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, running a business isn't easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Well, it could be easy if people knew instead of running themselves into the ground, right? So those are really good points. And I know too, that you also deal with bigger companies. Our audience is all about, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, small, I don't, I'm still looking for a word that's better than small business. Cause I don't love that. Cause what does that mean? But I understand what they're trying to say with small business, but what it reminds me of when you were talking, we were chatting the other day and you were talking about something. Let me see if I get this right. Something like 70% of business owners believe or, or the goal is for their business to be some element of the retirement or exit plan, and only 2% achieve that. Did yeah, I get well, that right? It, it's actually 70% of them rely on, the fund, uh, on their business to fund their retirement, but right. only 2% ever actually value their business, as okay. in get, understand how much their business is worth. And then they right. get to retirement, and it, their business might not be worth what they expect it, because they haven't been doing the kind of things that add value. So they may even meet, look, profit does add value, but it only to a certain extent. So if your business is completely reliant on you, it's worth nothing. Because if, if you drop dead yeah. tomorrow, no business. And, and even with bigger businesses, so I work with that 2 million turnover plus, um, at pounds that is. So but even with, um, uh, with bigger, bigger businesses, if the business owner was to literally drop dead or become incapacitated, in more than 70% of cases, that business will be insolvent within 12 months. And by insolvent, uh -huh. let's just cut to the, to the chase. It would be dead. It would be, you know, there would be no more business, no more jobs, no more revenue generated, no more income for that family. And even if you're not one of these you know, bigger businesses with you know, 15 plus people, even if you're a smaller business with just you and maybe uh, a few outsourced people, you know, your family and yourself are usually reliant on that income. So you know, do something to protect it. And one of the best things you can do is um, actually organize it in a way such that you're not driving yourself into a grave and you've got those systems in place so that if something did happen to you, somebody else can come and pick it up. Oh, so much. Like, don't get me started on our super toolkits. You know what they're like, right? So what, what a good example I often compare to is I had a business friend and she sold her cleaning business for a lot of money. So these are a team of, she had like between five and 10, depending on the season, 
cleaners. Okay. Most of us know how to go in and clean a toilet. She didn't set the cleaning business. And there's so many of them now, right? There's big, big companies. How she sold that was the system she had. She had the ability. Yes. Here's the profit. Here's the team. But that means nothing. If she has to be on the horn telling Ethel to do this and Jane to do that. It was the systems they bought so that you can, you know, copy and paste, you know, here's, here's a recipe for one batch of cookies. Here's a recipe to make 12 batch of cookies, right? There you go. And that's what I want people to understand. And they, and so often you think, oh, my business is different and whatever, all this stuff, but without these systems, and it sounds drying and limiting, but you'd be the first to say, Christine, these things that we're aiding you with, they free up your time and they allow for more creativity. They don't choke you and restrict you because everyone thinks that means it's like, oh, this is going to be like the last job I had where I'm restricted. No, what it does is it allows you to, once you've created something, you can hand it off and move to the next creation. So you're always creating. So I think it ties really into powerfully into your message as well. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Look, it, before I found you and thank God, you know, I, God bless uh, the person who, who sent me your way. Um, I, you know, I was really proud of stand, sticking my flag in the sands going, I mean, I've got my bis business fairly systemized, sticking my flag in the sand going, I am the most productive person I know. And you've said this to me before, you know, everybody, well, my business is different. Nobody can help me. Nobody can. I literally didn't think I could squeeze another drop out of the day other than the day turning into 28 hours. And now what I realized that all I was doing was squeezing the last drop out of myself. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was on this cycle of, you know, work really hard, burnout, work really hard, burnout. And, um, and those burnout periods were coming closer and closer together. And um, with someone like you too, what happens is you look great on paper. And that's what I see. All my clients are like that, where they look good on paper. They're doing stuff. They're getting things done. The business is well, and your business is, you know, lucrative. You should be very proud of yourself. Like a lot of accomplishments are there. So then you can't say, well, you know, oh, like I'm so like, you, you just feel like, how do I complain about how hard I'm working? Cause you know, <laughs> isn't life about hard work and I do get a lot done and I help a lot of people and I make good money. And I've got this in theory, the freedom of my own business, but what is the freedom when you're working day, night, night, and day? Like I remember myself one time at two o'clock in the morning, many years ago when I was in my dark years. And I thought there are laws in this country to protect me from this. And I am here like I, nobody legally could make me do this, but myself. So, so you're right. It's so powerful. And I know you also talked to, oh, uh, we got a few minutes left. And what you don't want is you don't, I often make the joke of, and it's a horrible one, but you know, if you slipped and fell on some ice and broke your arm, I've known businesses that went under because somebody broke their arm, you know, and now they just can't do their job or even type as effectively for the six weeks. And man, did they pay the price? But you often, as you mentioned earlier, like death, disease, disability, or divorce have crippled a lot of businesses because they're vulnerable. And there are things that happen to you. I mean, nobody sits there and plans yeah. divorce. Okay. But maybe not. You're in a bit more in control of that if, if you're the one that's doing the, the, the divorcing. But all the other things, they're the things that come out of the blue and come in and, and literally scythe you off at the, at the knees. And, yeah. um, and and everybody thinks, oh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, I mean, I must admit, as you, as, you know, once I got into my 50s, I thought, oh, okay, this might happen to me one day because I can see people around me 
um you know when you get into into your 50s you tend to not go to so many weddings and oh. <laughs> you know um but uh, but everybody thinks that they're bulletproof until somebody close to them proves to them that they aren't and of course once it's happened to you it's already too late you know just being a bit prepared and by yeah. all means if you want to stay on your own and 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 be you know the champion solopreneur and, and I, you know i know that there are a couple of kind of one and two man businesses that are absolutely smashing it you don't need massive teams what you do need is to, to is to understand what happens if you can't work and yeah, yeah. insurance will insurance you know somebody will come along and send sell you insurance okay and and, and i'm not going to i'm not going to um, criticize that but insurance doesn't solve some or even most of the problems that you'll experience. No, you're so right. And what we work with people, we're talking small teams. I would call them small anywhere from like, you know, it could be, I would on average, I'd say three to five people, right. Um, or a little bit more, but not, we're not talking 10 or 20. And I think the message here is not that we're trying to scare people, death, disease, disability, divorce, but I guess the bigger message for me is it's almost like, you know, my first car I had was such a clunker, right? And it was more physical effort to get it from A to B than it, like it, I wasn't the passenger, I, I was the vehicle. And, you know, everything was just such a, an effort. And if you hit one little speed, one little pothole in the road, you could lose a wheel, like, you know, and that's kind of like your business. <laughs> If you're driving right. along, these things are little potholes in life and stuff happens. So if you're driving along and every time you have to stop at a red light or the car doesn't start again, or you hit a pothole and you can lose a tire, that's really where you are in your business. If one of these things can wipe you out so quickly. And I think that's what I want people to understand too. And you bring in a sort of different angle is it's not, I argue, it's really not a business. If you can be wiped out or any of these things so easily, you're really what self-employed, what I call a sufferpreneur. You know, you, maybe you have a right-hand person and I call it Ethel syndrome. You dump somebody, something on somebody's desk, but you don't, you don't have a team, you don't have a system in place. So then it's not a business. You're, you're a sufferpreneur. And the moment you stop working, that's it. The income stops. So some really great points today. You, if nothing else, I'm going to remember that, um, personal trainer at the top. That was just so powerful. So being mindful of our pricing, you know, and how we manage that, how we acknowledge it, how we improve our profits as we move forward. Those are some um, really big aha moments for me. So Christine, mm -hmm. where can people find more of your brilliance? Because there's lots of it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I'm businessmentoruk.com is my website. And, um, but I've also written four books. So if you do Christine yes. Nicholson uh, on Amazon, you'll find my author page. Um, my first book is really easy to remember. It's called Five Minute Finance. So if you are number blind and you just don't get finance, Five Minute Finance is written in language that you will understand and it will help you understand your accountant. And more importantly, it'll help your accountant understand you. Um, if you find Five Minute Finance, all of my other books are linked to that anyway. Um, and it's everything from building, understanding your numbers, building your, your business, uh, specifically one building a tech business, how to build a unicorn. And then finally, how to sell your business. So which is called Sell It. And it, it's literally just uh, was launched in December. Well, I tell you. I'm not a good math student. Evan, who works with me, I sometimes will say, okay, Evan, I need your help. I got a tricky math problem. And he'll be like, let's see, Chris, let's see if it's tricky, right? So, <laughs> so 
If you can put my head on straight about profits and pricing and use numbers, you you are a spectacular teacher. Okay, everyone else, this was a great treat for us. Thank you so much, Christine. And we will see you all in the next episode. Thanks very much. Hey guys, hop on over to freegiftfromchris.com. That's free gift, G-I-F-T, from Chris, K-R-I-S, dot com. We are constantly putting goodies in there so that you guys can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.